God doesn't have poor children. He is so rich, it's impossible for God to have poor children. They, some of the children just choose to be poor. But that's not your portion in Jesus' name. And I'm not preaching prosperity, but that's what it is. Uh, it, it, God wants you to prosper. Prosperity came from God. In other words, he wants your family so put together so God, they can see what God is doing in your life and give glory to your Father in heaven. That's what he says. You go to the secret place, you get to know his secrets, and he rewards you openly so that the nations will begin to say, the Lord has done great things. It's never hidden. When God blesses you, he doesn't hide it. He wants everybody to see it. That's your portion in Jesus' name. I believe that our, our church is going to be filled with so many, so many blessed people who won't know what to do with it. That's what I'm looking for. God's going to bless you. You're not going to be struggling spiritually. That's the first blessing. No struggle. You know you're forgiven. You know you're a child of God. And if you're here this morning and you're thinking, I've done something wrong. God, he's reminded me during the week, God says to say to you, all you have to say, simple. You don't have to go crying. Just say to him, God, I'm sorry. That's all you need. And mean it. If he comes out of your mouth, instantly he's forgiven. Forgotten. If you go back to God, don't matter what you've done. If you go back to God and you say, God, do you remember? He says, what are you talking about? I don't remember. Because God says, as far as the east is from the west, he is forgotten. Don't remember it. And don't hold it against you. And all he's doing, he's looking for opportunities to bless you. He wants to bless you. You need to get, let that sink into your spirit. God doesn't wish you anything evil. Nothing evil. Remember what the scripture says. When Jesus was born. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. How? Good will towards you. Every one of you. God's will towards you is good. Anything that comes into your life that doesn't look like goodwill is not coming from him. And you have the right to say no. And guess what? He stopped right there. He stopped right there. Amen. We have to go in the power of God's spirit. Everything that I'm saying to you today is so real. It's more real than real life the way we know it. I don't mean. All right. It's more real than real life the way we know it. More and more, I'm more persuaded that God's with me. I have nothing to fear. I really have nothing to fear. I'm so fully persuaded, and I'm wanting God to baptize me with this persuasion so I don't have to look my, behind my back and wondering what they're doing. No. I got God looking that, doing that for me. 
He says he'll take care of me. That's, and for every one of us, we're all, we were all born in sin. There is no good person. Romans chapter 3 tells us that. No, not one. Except those that God has chosen. And he has chosen every one of you. Hey, can I hear an amen? God has chosen you. I don't care what you think about yourself. He's not asking for your opinion. He's telling you you have been chosen, okay? And if you don't want to be chosen, it's too late. You are in church, amen? You're chosen by God. And he wants the best for your life. Until you are fully persuaded about that, you are tying God's hands. He can't do anything about it. That's called faith. Until you change your mind about that, that God wills you well, and he wants to do good to you, until you fully believe, you tie his hands. Jesus was in Nazareth. In Luke, he said he couldn't do anything much. I believe that's John. He went in there. He was amazed at their unbelief. And he couldn't do many great signs there. Because they couldn't believe. They tied his hands. They tied his hands. He came to bless the people where he grew up. But they wouldn't believe. Your unbelief is what ties God's hands. If you believe, and that's all God's asking for. That is the real work. Your faith will transform your life. Your faith in Jesus Christ will transform your life. And when, a man, when God is pleased with you because you've trust him, you trust him, there's nothing he can do for you. Everything becomes possible. But we have to realize all of this comes through the power of the Spirit of God. It is impossible to do anything in the name of God, that heaven endorses without the involvement of the Holy Spirit. Nothing. The Holy Spirit has to be a part of it. He has to be the driving force. That's why we need to align ourselves with Jesus, because through him, the Holy Spirit comes to us, and we can walk through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives life. The power we're talking about, the, which uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8 talked about that, that God has given us the power to get wealth. That power is the power of the Holy Spirit that brought everything into the natural world that you can see. Without the Holy Spirit, nothing. You can't see, they exist in the spirit realm, but you can't see them in the natural realm. Everything that's good must come from the Holy Spirit. That's the way it is. In John chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus says, It is the Spirit that gives life. It is the Holy Spirit that gives life. We're not talking about natural life. We're talking about real life, prosperous life. Contented life, restful life. It is the spirit that gives life. Life with confidence that God is with you and I'm going to make it. No matter what. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits something. No, the flesh profits nothing. 
You can't get anything good coming from your own flesh. That's why in Proverbs chapter 3, he says, don't lean on your own fleshly understanding. But trust in the Lord. With what? With all of your heart. He'll bring it to pass. It comes to pass only when you trust with all of your heart. And that's your spirit. Amen? It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. In other words, every time you imbibe the word of God, you just put a little bit, of, a little bit more of life into your life than you had before. If you take the word of God concerning finances, whatever God says, and you say, I embrace this, and I'm going to pull it to me, I'm going to act on it. Guess what you've just done? You've just taken life for your finances. You just shut in a little life there, and it will respond. If you're a little afraid to take the word, because it's got to be by faith. By faith meaning I can't really fully understand it, and I don't really know for sure what's going to happen. But I trust God. God will not lie. So when you do it by faith, God meets you right there, halfway, and he says, bang, a miracle. And everybody says, glory to God. That's the way it works. You got to trust him. It is the spirit who gives life. There is what is called the power of the Holy Spirit that finishes the work in your life, starts the work, carries out the work, stays with the work, sustains it until it's fully completed. And Paul said in Galatians, you don't start in the spirit and end up in the flesh. You won't get to the end. You start in the spirit, you finish it up within the spirit because that's where the energy is. That's where the power is. You know, John the Baptist was baptized John the Baptist was baptized with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. God thought it was important for him to have that. And if you are a child of God, God thinks it's very important for you to have that. Forget about man's opinion. Do what God says. God couldn't wait. In the beginning of a new era, God thought, that's a man. Jesus is God. I can wait on that. But this man, I'm going to fill him with the Holy Spirit right in his mother's womb. We won't miss it. So he got filled with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. And in Luke chapter 1 verse 80, he says, So the child, John the Baptist, grew and became strong in the Spirit. Growth is very important. He was baptized with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. But he was not ready to do what God has called him to do or to fulfill the reason why he was born. Growth is required. A lot of Christians get saved, but they never grow. And God cannot use them. They don't see God's miracles. They don't see unusual things happening in their lives because God has already said in his word, I and the children whom you have given to me, we are for signs and for wonders in Israel, in the world. But we don't see these signs because we refuse to grow and we are not strong in the spirit. And in our church, I've determined God speaking to me, we're going there. Every one of us going there. 
So you can see the power of God at work in your life. When I talk about God doing miracles through me, it's not, I'm, just, I'm not trying to put myself out there. It's, there's nothing special about me. It's just God has helped me where by the grace of God, I decided I'm going to grow up. And I'm going to challenge the enemy. Jesus is in me. I can open the deaf ears. I got the power. I'm strong in the spirit. So I've seen by the grace of God, blind eyes opened. When I was a new Christian, <laughs> if you talk about that, I'll leave the room for you. Because <laughs> who, you mean me? <laughs> Just tell me something I can do, okay? Let's not go there. But we have to grow. That's what's wrong with the church. Nobody wants to grow. There is something in the church, in the word of God, that says you should grow and be strong in the spirit. If you don't, you are, Satan is going to harass you. There is no devil, a demon. I mean, even if he comes into my room and appears to me, I won't be moved. I'll go to sleep. I'm telling you. This is the truth. If a devil today comes in my room, I'm not going to be calling Jesus, Jesus. I'll look at him and turn around and go to sleep. And if he wants trouble, I'll give it to him. Because Jesus lives in me. I don't have to be afraid. But there was a time I was afraid of him. And he knew it. And he harassed me. Until I discovered <laughs> uh, that time is over now. <laughs> you see, I'm no longer a child. You see my spiritual muscles? I don't have a lot of the natural, but... <laughs> okay. You see my spirit? And he knows. A fellow said, this demon is around this village. He's, you're coming, he's going to be mad. Let him be mad. He says, let's fast and pray. So that he, when I say, me, me fast and pray for a devil... Tell him to go and fast and pray. I'm not fasting. Not for him. When he sees me, he says, here comes trouble. And that's not me. That's every one of you. I'm telling you. Every one of you. John was filled with the Holy Spirit from the womb. But he wasn't still ready for the work. He had to grow. He says, and the child, so the child grew and became strong in the spirit. Not strong in the flesh. <laughs> Many of us think that Samson had, you know, real big, huge biceps. And the Philistines feared him every time he did this to them. No, they were wondering, man, he's got so skinny biceps. Where is this power coming from? That's why they wanted to know what's the secret of his power. You know the secret of his power? He says when the Holy Spirit comes upon him. He was ready to tear stuff down. And we have the same Holy Spirit on us today. If you're a child of God. But you got to grow. He says, and he was in the desert. Till the day of, the, of his manifestation to Israel. You see, God wants to use you as a showcase for the world. You know how you go to a showroom where they are selling cars? They put the real nice one there for you to look. <laughs> and you can check it out, you know. And they make it so beautiful. That's what God wants to do with your life. So the nations will start saying, the Lord has done great things for him or for her. 
and you know it and you are glad. That's what God is all about. God is not asking you to serve him and have a miserable life. No. The reason we serve God is to have a good life here on earth. That's the reason. Otherwise, it's meaningless. We all think when we get to heaven and we are transformed, when we get there, that's when we'll have all this fun. That's not what the Bible is talking about. We shall be changed. He's talking about your flesh. Changed into a spiritual flesh. All things new, this is what he's talking about. But life is here. We got to live it here. And have joy and peace. Jesus said to us, not after you're dead. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And what? I'll give you rest when you get to heaven? No. Right here. Right here. True rest. Rest for financial, from financial troubles. Rest from relationship problems. Rest for problems in your marriage. Rest for your retirement. Hello. He gives you rest. So you have peace on earth. And goodwill. Amen? Goodwill. But we need to grow. In Luke 1.17, this is an unusual scripture. It says he will also go, that John the Baptist will also go before him. And many know we're going before him all the time we go out. In the spirit and power of Elijah. Why? To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Every one of us has been given that assignment. To change people's lives. You got the power. The power of the Holy Spirit. When you grow up and become mature, God wants you to be focused on that. That's when the power will be evident in your life. Once you are focused on that, you begin to bear fruit. And God begins to show, show unusual things in your life. So people will be talking. They're, you're at home and they're talking about what God's doing in your life, in their homes. They're happy to see you. They are happy to be in your presence. I've been in the presence in my country during the, uh, preaching. They've taken me to kings. And I sit with them. And, and I pray for them. And I give, deliver Bibles to them. Because of what God's doing. And God's going to do more of that at the, in the Ark Fellowship. Amen. Every one of us going there. God's going to use us mightily. About Jesus, he said it also in Luke 2, verse 40. It tells us there, and the child grew and became strong in spirit. The Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a matter be established. You need to get strong in your spirit. John the Baptist grew and became strong in the spirit, not in the flesh. When you are not strong in the spirit, you're going back and forth. 
to and fro. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways and let not that man think he'll ever receive anything from God. And God is not a liar. He knows when you are double-minded. And when you are not strong in the spirit, you, you, you cannot help but being double-minded. That's why you need to be strong in the spirit. On Sunday morning, we're having growth sessions here. At 9.30, I'm telling you, if you make up your mind, you know, I'm going to change things around. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go and I'm going to hear the word of God. The day you do that, heaven will record it. And God's watching to see if you're going to sustain it. Or if this is just a play game with you. And when God knows, you see, he loves everybody equally. But the responsibility to grow strong, that's in my hand. I have to desire it. God walks through our desire. God cannot give you something that you don't want. Even if it's a miracle. He just won't do it. That's why he sends preachers to persuade you so that after a while, you begin to want it. All the preaching is all about is to get you to the place where you say, okay, I want that. And then God can deliver. But until you want it, God's not going to do it for you. The desires of a righteous man shall be granted. But if there is no desire to grant, what's God going to grant? Jesus, before he does any miracle, even when he multiplied bread, he said, what do you have? Give me what you have. I'll take it. I'll break it, I'll multiply it, and I'll give it right back to you. And you'll be so full, you don't know what to do with yourself. But you have to desire it. You have to desire to grow. The Bible tells us clearly in Luke 2 verse 40 that the child, that's Jesus as a child. God was not, he was still the son of God as a child. But God was not ready for him. He had to grow up to be a man. Before God showed him to the world. He was already 30. And when it wasn't quite time, you remember what he told Mary? You're getting me to do something, the time is not here. Remember that? But because of Mary's faith, he went ahead and did it. There's always a time. There's always a season. But God's watching. If your heart is with him, and you love him, and you make that decision... When you make that decision in your heart, God sees it, he will appear. You remember when uh, Solomon, in 2 Kings, I believe, verse 3, when Solomon uh, actually sacrificed a, a thousand bulls because the Bible says he loved the Lord and he sacrificed this thousand bulls. He wasn't expecting God to show up, but guess what? God showed up after he went to sleep that night. For that one movement in his heart towards God, his whole entire life was transformed. Because God appeared and said, what do you want me to do for you? So somehow Solomon was saying, maybe God will see this. Notice he didn't have to think about it. He knew what he wanted. He was deliberate about what he was doing. We think that all these things are chance things. God doesn't work that way. He doesn't work that way. He was desiring help from God. But he loved God, but he was powerless until he did something that was his growth, and God showed up. Jesus grew and became strong in spirit, just like 
John the Baptist grew and became strong in the spirit. And then he was in the desert. And guess what happened to Jesus as well? He had to be in the desert after he became a man, right? From the desert he came out, he came forth. God filled him with the Holy Spirit. And then he went into the desert place. In Luke 4 verse 1, he says, Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit after his baptism, when he became 30, he was now a man. He was really a carpenter. If you don't know, Jesus worked for many years as a carpenter. The people in Nazareth recognized him as a carpenter. And I'm sure he invented a lot of stuff for them and he made a lot of stuff that made them wonder. And so they knew the carpenter. So when he came back, they said, is this not the carpenter? Is this not the carpenter? Where did he get all of this? We didn't see him going to Bible school, staying with the prophets. Where, where did he get all this wisdom from? Amen. They didn't know what he was doing in secret. Amen. They didn't know that. But he grew. The Bible says he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I've said this year before. When, when, you, when a child is born, we rejoice. When Jesus was born, I'm sure God was pleased with what happened. But he sent angels. The angels sang. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. This multitude of angels showed up. But God was, was not there in person. But when Jesus became a man and had grown and was baptized in water, when he came out, guess who showed up? First, the Holy Spirit showed up. And they, he made himself so that they can see him. For the first time, people were able to see the Holy Spirit and he came in the form of a dove. God was pleased. God celebrates sons. When they're grown. And then the father spoke. God the father was present. The son was right there. And the Holy Spirit was right there. But you got to grow first. You got to become a man first. That's what's wrong with the church today. They want to sit in the pew and celebrate the person who is preaching. As if he's something special. He's a preacher. That's all he is. He's a preacher. I don't need to celebrate him. Tell me what you know so I can do what you're doing. That's all I'm there for preaching. I'm not going to celebrate him. I'm not going to shake his hand like, oh, I shook pastor's hand. I'm not doing that for any preacher. He's just another brother. And I honor him for the anointing that's on his life. And I'm like Elijah, Elisha saying, show me the secret how you found this anointing. Let me have, I want twice what you got. Amen. And God's pleased with that. God's pleased with that. But no desire. I tell yourself, I'm not going to be an ordinary Christian. I'm not, I refuse to be an ordinary Christian. I've got to make some waves in the name of my father. I can't have the Holy Spirit on, in my life and make no waves. <laughs> That's why the scripture that I read before is so important. Let me point out something to you, okay? John the Baptist was the greatest of all men. But look, in Luke 1.17, it says he will also go before him in the spirit and power of who? 
Elijah. Have you read about Elijah? You know, somewhere in John, it says that people started going to Jesus, and the people said, well, John did no miracles. You remember that? When they were turning to Jesus, the people, were, the, the leaders were saying, don't believe in him, but they trusted in John. And they said, John did no miracles, but this man, he's done so many miracles. Even if, another, if, if we make this mistake, thinking he's the Christ, if another, the real Christ comes, is he going to do greater miracles than this man is done? We can take this risk. We see the miracles. So they believed in him. But the key thing is, John didn't do any miracles. You notice that? But what about Elijah? If he came in the spirit and power of Elijah, how come we didn't see any miracles? Good question. And I still don't have the answer. <laughs> still don't have the answer. Trying to figure that out. But that's the God that we serve. It's what you desire in your heart. That's what he's going to do for you. What you desire in your heart, that's what he's going to do for you. John had everything. So Jesus, it says, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. After his temptation, he returned from Jordan. I mean, uh, after he was baptized and was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, just like John was. He spent some time in the wilderness and was tempted by the devil. And then in verse 14, this is what it says. Then Jesus returned, how? In the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out throughout the surrounding region. Uh, just think about it. Jesus just showed up and people started talking. Is that what he's saying? No. He came with power and people started seeing miracles. <laughs> and they started talking. They started talking about him. We need the power of God. And the power of God will only be evident if you begin to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you begin to share the word of God with people. I don't want any religion that, has, that is powerless. I've got to see God at work. I've got to see God change my children's life. I've got to see God change marriages. I've got to see God change lives. Transform lives. Bring in finances in an unusual manner. And bless people. Otherwise... God, I'm not going to go unless I see you doing this. That's what Moses said. I'm not going unless your presence goes with me. It wasn't just John. It wasn't just Jesus. Look at what Paul said. In Romans chapter 15, beginning from verse 18. For I will not dare speak. I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me. I'm not going there, Paul said. How? In word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient. He lived for that. That through your life, through your words, and through your deeds, and the miracles that God would do, do through your life. God will cause that husband who refuses to go to church 
to kneel before God and start calling on his name. That's what he's saying. I'm not going to talk about what God's doing in other lives. I want to talk about what God's doing in my life. That's what he's saying. And that's for every one of us. We need to grow up and have that desire. God use me. I want to look across and say, you see that man there? The Lord used me to bring him to the Lord. I brought him. Jesus and the Holy Spirit walking through me. That's when your life is significant in heaven. That's when your life has significance in heaven. And guess what? When your life has significance before God, the angels in heaven, they know you. And the day they see you face to face, when that day comes, they know you well. They know everything that's happened and how they've been working with you and around you. That's the kind of life I want. That's the kind of life you want. Amen? They know you well. Paul said, I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word, in deed, to make the Gentiles obedient. Guess what? In verse 19, in mighty signs and wonders. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit of God. The power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is our example, right? He grew, became strong in the Spirit, was filled with the Holy Spirit, spent some time in the wilderness, and then he came back with the power of God and many people started to talk. <laughs> and many believed. Signs, not just for Paul, because Jesus said it, John chapter 14, verse 12. He who believes in me, how many believers do we have here today? He who believes in me, the works that I do, in other words, the signs and the miracles that I do, she shall do also, and greater signs than they shall do, because I'm going to my Father. And we say, well, he was talking about the apostles. Well, the apostles were believers, right? Who are you? You're still a believer. He who believes in me, Jesus said. He who believes in me. You may not think so much about yourself. You may not think much about yourself. But he thinks much about you. Because you are a believer. You believe in God. That means a lot to God. And God saying, he who believes in me and is a pastor, right? Is that what it says? No. He who believes in me, the same signs that I do, that I've done, he says you'll do also. And greater sign. If you divorce that from your mind, you'll never, you'll never see it. But if you embrace it, you embrace the word of God. And you'll begin to see things, not only in that area but in other areas of your life. Because you remember what the Bible says in John chapter 15. Every branch in me that bears fruit, the Father prunes so that he can bear more fruit. So God is into the business of fruit bearing. And I've got to get in that business of fruit bearing. Because if you get in the business of fruit bearing, you're going to receive a reward. And Jesus made it clear. First in this world, this present world, 
And then your fruit over there. I want to be a part of that. With mighty signs, power of the Holy Spirit, from Jerusalem and around, about that's a hard word to say, I have fully preached the gospel. Notice, this is one of the scriptures that burdened me when I knew God was called me to the ministry. Notice how he said he fully preached the gospel. How? Through signs and wonders. By the power of the Holy Spirit. So I told God, you're calling me to be a preacher? You're going to show me some signs there? And he, he's such a great God and a benevolent God. If you are willing, the signs will be there. I guarantee you. If you are willing, even in your office, God will begin to elevate you. And when your boss sees there's something special about you, just like Potiphar saw about Joseph, they'll begin to take note. And before long, you will be in the king's palace. Amen? You'll be in the king's palace. God wants to bless his children. In 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20, and I'm going to close with this. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. 4 verse 20. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20. The kingdom of God is not just in word, but in power. And that power comes from the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power when? After the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Why? And you shall be witnesses unto me first in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the world, the earth, the whole world. But I'm telling you, the power of God will not be evident until you begin to make your mind up. I'm going to get up, I'm going to be strong, and I'm going to start moving from Jerusalem out into Judea, out into Samaria, and to the rest of the world, the nations. God said, ask of me, and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance. Ask. All you need to do is ask. But when you ask, put some feet to your asking. And God will begin to do a great work in your life. I know you're going to be blessed. Stand up with me this morning. I'm going to ask you to do, make a commitment to God today. When we use the word commitment, there is a covenant with God that God made with Abraham that went down to Isaac and to Jacob. But also, God had another covenant separate from the Abraham, uh, I can't say the word, Abraham said covenant. He made that covenant with David separate from the covenant he made with Abraham. And yet under that, God's constantly making covenants with people. When you say I'm making an agreement, what you're doing is a covenant. But in a covenant with God, the blood of Jesus seals it. And the power comes from him 
not from you. All he wants is for you to be willing to enter into that covenant. So there is a covenant within a covenant. I'm asking you to make an agreement with God today based on what you've heard. Do you want God to use you? Do you want God's power to be evident in your life? Do you want to be a changed person this time next year that is evident before your family and friends? They can say, yeah, we know this person. We know this girl, but she's so different. We don't know what is happening with her, but we can tell something good. How many want that? If you want that, enter into a covenant with God today. And the covenant is simple. Look out for God's interests. His thing is to reach the world for him. He can't do that. He's in heaven. He's his spirit. He indwells you, and from you, he can touch them. When you touch them, that's him touching them. When you speak to them in his name, that's him speaking to them. He blesses them because you allowed yourself to be used, and then he blesses you and makes things well for you so that you can continue to reach them for him. Amen? Please, let's enter into a covenant. Lift your hands up to him today and begin to enter into that covenant in your heart. Sometimes we don't have the passion, but I'm known to say, God, I've lost it. I need the passion. I need it. Please, can you give me? Jesus said, ask and you will receive. So ask God, please, please that passion. I want to be committed to you. I want to do everything that you want me to do. I'm, I'm surrendering myself. I'm going to enter this covenant with you right now, God. Come in and take over. Use me. Mold me. Make me what you want me to be. Thank you, Jesus. Say that in your heart to him today. And heaven, the heavens will seal the covenant with the blood of Jesus. With the blood of Jesus. And I say to you by the word of the Lord, this time next year, if you abide by the covenant and allow the Holy Spirit to energize this covenant with the blood of Jesus, so many things would have changed in your life and your children's lives and your finances, your family, everything that you set your hands to do, I'm standing in the name of Jesus. Change is coming your way. Change is coming your way because of the covenant that you've made with our God. And he is a good God. His eyes will never turn away from his covenant. Psalm 89 verse 34. My covenant I will not break. Neither will I alter the words that's come out of my mouth. God says I won't change that word. I will always be good to you. The Lord is with you. Say it to yourself. The Lord is with me. Say it. The Lord is with me. God is with me. Now turn to the fellow standing by you and tell them, do you know the Lord is with me? I'm going to say it to you. Do you know the Lord is with me? God is with me. God's with me. And the Bible says, if God be for you, who can be against you? You got it made. You got it made. You've got it made. Nobody can oppose you. Nobody can stop you. If you can believe it, all things are possible to him who believe. You are blessed. Have a wonderful day. Amen.